Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Create Something Awesome Today podcast. This is Roberto Blake helping you create something awesome today. Today on the podcast, I want to talk about time versus money. One of these things you can replace, the other you cannot. But both of them are what many people tell me are barriers to them being successful, at least from their standpoint. So I'm going to help you address that. I'm going to hopefully put this into a little bit of perspective for you. And I'm going to give you some tips and actionable advice on how you can free up more of your time for productivity and how if you even have just a little bit of money, you can probably use that effectively in growing because I know for many of you who are trying to be creators or creative entrepreneurs like me, that time and money are what in at least your mind are the answer as to whether you're going to be successful or not. So let's talk about it in today's episode of the podcast. Speaking of saving time and money, if you look in today's show notes, there are a bunch of resources that can help you, and a lot of them are more affordable than you might imagine. I have a lot of stuff in the links below in terms of gear and equipment that actually might help you and will be a good investment of your money while still saving you some time, and there are some great websites there for those of you who need to do anything, like maybe build a website. You can use robertoblake.com slash bluehost, and that supports the podcast and you can put yourself together a really easy to use WordPress website to market and promote your business or your personal brand. So make sure you're checking out the show notes for all of the resource links and don't forget that's where you can find our awesome creator of the day. The awesome creator of the day today is Hannah Creative. She is a film and motion design student over in Germany who has a YouTube channel and is also someone following me over in Twitter. I've seen some of her stuff. You guys will find it interesting and there's some great tips and advice on her channel. So it's definitely worth a watch. She also does some travel vlogging if that's the sort of thing you're into. So make sure you're checking out Hannah Creative. Her stuff is down in the show notes, linked up. And if you guys want to be an awesome creator of the day here on the podcast, you know what you have to do. You have to be following me over in Twitter or Instagram, and you have to make sure that I'm seeing your stuff. So give me a follow over there, tag me with some of your work, and maybe you can be our awesome creator of the day. Everything that you need to do to be successful requires time and usually at some point an investment of money. There's no getting away from that. Ultimately, you have to start to develop what is called an investment mentality versus a scarcity mentality or an investment versus cost mentality. When a lot of people tell me that they don't want to invest in the creative cloud, I ask them why. And most of them tell me that it has to do with cost and the fact that they have anxiety about not owning the software. Now, this is not a plug for Adobe. I'm using this just as an example. What I usually counter back with is the fact that by using the Creative Cloud, I'm able to save massive amounts of time. And so ultimately, the time that I save is much more valuable to me, and not just emotionally, but realistically, compared to any savings by not spending $50, $60 a month on the Creative Cloud. There's no amount of saving that uh, potentially $600, $700 a year that makes up for the fact that I make money off the Creative Cloud. But also, if I even saved a few hours, in my case, I literally would only have to save one hour with this software to justify its cost for the entire year based on what I've raised the value of my time to. 
which is part of how I want to address it for you. If the value of your time is extremely low, that means it becomes much more difficult and harder for you to invest any money in anything because the amount of time that you have to work in order to justify the cost or the expense becomes a problem. In my case, because at the moment, one of the uh, potential fees that I get to charge, whether it's for speaking or for consulting, means that I could put in 90 minutes to an hour of work and charge upwards of $600, $1,000 or more, just depending on the situation. For speaking engagements and things like that, I've been able to charge even more for that for mostly an hour of my time, at least you know, put into perspective of what we're billing for, right? So for me, when I have expenses, I have much less anxiety about investing in tools or resources or freelancers that I want to hire because to be able to make up the difference is going to be relatively cheap for me. If I need to hire a freelancer to do something for me for 50 or 100 or $200, I know that I can make that money up with an hour or less of effort because I've raised the value of my time to that level. Now, for many of you, you're not there yet, and I didn't start there, believe you me. I remember making less than $10 an hour. I remember making $20 an hour. I remember thinking that, oh, wow, I've made it to the promised land when I was making $30 and $50 an hour. And what happened was I came to an understanding. I came to realize that I had to start valuing not putting a dollar amount on my time, but attaching a dollar amount that was worthy of the pain that I'm relieving for someone, the problem that I'm solving, how much is this problem worth to them, how much is the anxiety around this problem worth to them, etc. Because right now, you know, I pay a, a kid like 120, 80 to 120 dollars to take care of all my yard work for what turns out to be anywhere from an hour to three hours of work. And that's unskilled labor. So unskilled labor-wise, this is something between like 40 or 60 or more dollars an hour, just depending on how quickly uh, they're able to get done. And so when you think about that, and then you compare that to skilled labor, doing something like design or doing something technical with computers or doing coding or video editing or production, you know, it, it starts to really change your perspective here. Now, you may not be immediately able to start charging more for your time, but just by thinking in this way and thinking about the results that you produce versus time, that's going to be game-changing for you because it's why I stopped doing billable hours for my actual work aside from consulting. I started going to a flat-based fee structure, and so by going to a flat-based fee structure, ultimately knowing for me that as I continue to do more work, I'll get faster, which means I'm spending less time on something and charging the same amount, but making the quality of the output better and more efficient and more clear, that was revolutionary for me in changing not only my mindset, but changing my financial life, changing my business, and it made perfect sense. So I got away from charging and thinking about what my hourly rate was and started thinking about what the value of the result I was producing was because you'll never truly uh, begin to get financial freedom and economic mobility if you keep attaching a dollar amount to your time and keep making the value proposition of what you deliver on, the fact that it's affordable 
And so that's not the answer. What I decided to do was to move away from that, and it's the best decision I ever made. And again, it won't be something you can necessarily just snap your fingers and do overnight. It's not something that's going to be easy for you. And some of you will lose business or get less clients initially. But it does mean that the quality of clients and the amount of frustration that you experience will gradually reduce over time. And it's because you'll feel like you're getting what you're worth and you'll feel like you have a real incentive to be more efficient and to get better and faster. If you're charging by the hour, there's no incentive for efficiency. In fact, efficiency is um, punished. When I worked in corporate America, the frustrating thing to me was that I could be the most productive person in the office. I could get eight hours of work done in four to six hours and my reward would be having to do more work and having a new bar set for me of that level of output with no increase to the amount of money that I was getting paid, no um, additional uh, being uh, treated better or kinder or more fairly, no getting off of work early because to reward that productivity. Productivity in most workplaces, productivity in most situations is not actually rewarded. It's it's actually not incentivized in any practical way. For those of you who are listening that are employers or entrepreneurs, I would encourage you that if you usually have somebody on the clock and if you're not paying them hourly, if they're a salaried employee and they finish um, their work and they get done in four or six hours, let them leave an hour early because it doesn't do anything for you to just siphon an extra hour of their time if it means they won't be any more productive. If they're going to move with twice the speed and the same level of efficiency in four hours or six hours, you are better served getting the work done faster and sooner rather than trying to extract more time from them because you shouldn't be trading in on, I need eight hours from you. You should be, as an employer, as a business person, you're smart. You know that the amount of time someone spends is irrelevant if the work's not done in the first place, right? So wouldn't having the work done sooner be better rather than bartering or haggling for more time or just loading up more work on that person because what's that going to do? What what incentive do they have? What like what opportunity, what value is there for them in doing anything efficiently and fast and getting it done earlier and sooner that allows you the ability to move on things earlier and sooner. You see what I mean? So, you have to incentivize productivity and efficiency for your employees if you're in uh, if you're in a, that situation if you're an entrepreneur if you're a business owner if you're a manager and part of that is being able to allow people to have more time for themselves to do what they want to do or if there's a policy where you can't have them leave the office per se you could go ahead and sell, tell them you know what you can use that for personal time or you know what You've got your task done for the day. You can't leave the office, but feel free to use the time like how you want or if there's a special project or something that you want to take on for yourself, go ahead and get that done or, hey, you know what? I'm going to treat you to lunch next week. Figure something out to reward efficiency, please, because it makes a real difference. For those of you 
people are in an employment situation. I'm sure most of you would agree that if your time was respected more, you would be more productive. If your time was something that you could earn back by being more productive and you felt like, you know, if I get this done in six hours, I'll still have to be here for seven hours, but it won't be eight hours, that you would just work harder and more efficiently to be able to leave early. And if you saw another coworker getting that privilege, you would step your game up so that you could have that privilege as well. So, I mean, I just feel that you can incentivize productivity. Let's loop this back to um, how this impacts the financial situation, both for if you're self-employed and you're a freelancer, and I'll also do something for those of you who are entrepreneurs as well, because this makes total sense if you actually look at it objectively, is that results are what matter as well as the process. And so if you take the romanticism out of value, valuing what your hourly rate is, and it just occurs to you that if I get this thing done, it's worth this much money. Let's just say that like an execution that you can get done, let's just say it was worth $500. It's going to be worth $500 whether it takes five hours. It's going to be worth $500 whether it takes 10 hours. It's going to be worth $500 whether it takes two hours. What do you have the incentive to do? Work faster because it means that every time you finish and complete a result to satisfaction, that's $500 for you. If I instead told you that this result is worth $50 an hour because of the skills involved, your incentive is to find a way to drag the process out as long as possible, whether it's required or not, or at least to a place that's getting you the amount of money that's satisfactory to you for the amount of effort or for what you feel the value of the work is. If that's the case, why not have just slapped a flat rate on the value of the work and then incentivized yourself to work as well, as quickly as possible, so that then you get to feel like, wow, I just made $250 an hour because I got that thing done in two hours and it was worth $500, right? Or, wow, I'm worth $100 an hour because my process took five hours for that $500 result. You know, So you can go ahead and you can raise the value of your time if you actually put a price tag on the outcome instead. And so by doing that and then going back and making your process more efficient without sacrificing quality because that's what's important here too is the quality of the result produced, right? So if you can go ahead and up your efficiency without sacrificing quality, all of a sudden the same amount of effort is cut in half or by a third or a quarter and you're saving time but at the same time the value of your time is elevated because the value of the result is just what it is. It's just what it is. So that means your efficiency over time just scales and your value of time scales in proportion to that. And that's what matters. Not to mention that the more efficient you are and you deliver a quality result for someone fast, I don't think they're going to complain that I got that thing so fast and it's so good. Wow, it's worth every penny that I paid because the point is to relieve someone's anxiety. So that's why... I personally think you should detach a value to time itself, put a value on the result, and then refine your process if you want to elevate the value of your time. And that's, again, that's what's worked uh, for me. Uh, if I want to go back to the example of people mowing lawns, a lot of people, I make this joke that if I wasn't uh, a digital savvy person, 
I would have just built a six-figure lawn care company. And I'll tell you exactly how I, I would do that, and then we'll end the show because I think this is what's going to put it in perspective for you guys. So if I was like 17 years old and I didn't have all the digital savvy skills, but I was smart enough to use an iPhone and an iPad and uh, PayPal here or Square or something like that, then what I would have done and what I would do if you're in this situation is I would say, you know what? I know that if I mow lawns with my lawnmower, that if I, you know, I know that I can get a lawn mowed in about two hours. And I know that for this neighborhood, that that's worth a hundred bucks because of the size of the yards and because of the neighborhood that I'm in. And I'm just using this to make the math easier, by the way. It's like, okay, so if I spend two hours mowing each lawn, I make a hundred dollars. You know what? I need to secure a certain amount of lawn care clients. So what I would have done is I would have said, okay, I'm going to take two or three hours today. I'm going to do business development. I'm going to walk this neighborhood for two or three hours if that's what it takes. And I'm going to get uh, 10 people to 20 people signed up for me to come and mow their lawn twice a month. They schedule the days. We lock it in. And I'm going to put them on a recurring payment system. I'm going to put them on a subscription and every month, I'm going to come and mow their lawns. And you know what I'm going to do to make it uh, like sweeten the deal for them to go to subscription instead of them just paying me to do the lawn? Since I know that's going to be $100 every time I mow the lawn, what I'll do is if they go to the subscription model, I'll come twice a month, they pick the days, and I'll do it for $150. I'll get 10 people to 20 people signed up for $150 a month on a recurring schedule. And so what I would do is... That first day, I'd go out and I'd prospect and try and get 10 people. And then I got them. I'll go ahead and prospect again in the neighborhood, get 10 people. So that I get 20 people signed up for me to go ahead and mow their lawn two times a month at $150. Because by doing that and having 20 customers per month who I'm going to mow their lawn, I'm going to make three grand per month if I'm doing that with almost no cost against it and I'm just a kid, right? So I'm going to make $3,000 a month literally cutting grass and you're like, Roberto, how can someone mow 20 lawns twice in a month? That's 40 days that you've like committed to, but it's not. It's actually only 80 hours, which is still less for the month than the average uh, corporate America employee working 40 hours a week four weeks in a month, 160 hours in the month minimum, assuming no overtime. And a lot of them are not clearing $3,000 to do that a lot of the time, right? And so our lawn care kid is going to do half of the work of a, in terms of time as a corporate America employee by doing 20 customers twice a month and knowing that they're going to spend 80 hours Okay, because we figured that out. We figured out that it's two hours to mow a lawn. We have 20 customers that we're going to see twice. So that's the math. It's 80 hours. Okay, and we could even say there's some overage in there, and we still are working less than corporate America. Now, we do that, and that's good money. And the way we do it is we schedule people so that we have a break in between, but we can mow more than one lawn in a day and we can schedule a couple of lawns per weekend, uh, you know, Friday through Sunday and we can work it out. And all of a sudden we are doing fantastic. You scale this model 
by eventually taking that money, buying some better lawn care equipment to reduce the time. You're making $3,000 a month. You can go ahead and buy a ride-on lawnmower and reduce the time. You can go ahead and buy better tools, better equipment, reduce the time. You can actually start paying people and you can start paying other people and you can pay them either a flat or an hourly rate. And again, tell them they got you know two hours. And all of a sudden, you hire five employees, you scale this, it's a six-figure business, and you can stop mowing lawns by the time you're 20. You can just manage your office at that point. And so that's how I would have built a six-figure lawn care company if I wasn't digitally savvy, just using simple math and just prioritizing business development for client acquisition, setting a fixed price on a recurring monthly model, valuing a result instead of charging per hour and charging high enough to raise the value of my time without having to raise the skill and also just making the process more efficient. Simple math. You don't have to be a genius. You can use simple math and you can prioritize things and all of a sudden, things become very clear. And so this is how you can balance the barriers of time and money and you can make them serve you instead of cause you anxiety. You know, that's how we do it. You want to, you know, value your time better, be more efficient. You want to value your time better, don't price out your time. Then you just have to deliver on the appropriate result tied to that. And it's off to the races. You can set the bar as high as you want. The sky's the limit once you put that into perspective and you execute on it. Anyway, guys, I hope that uh, this has been massively helpful to the far majority of you in framing how to value time and how to relate that better to money and what the value of your time actually is. This is a lesson that took me forever to learn. I didn't know this lesson at 17 or 18 years old, or I would have probably built that six-figure lawn care business and then used that to start another business and another business and another. If I had only known this when I was a kid, it would have made all the difference in the world to me, and that's why I think being able to do this podcast, make this information accessible to as many people as possible is the right thing to do, and I know it's going to change lives. I'm hoping that's changed yours. So if you've made it all the way to the end here, what I'd love for you to do is if you guys could do me uh, a fantastic series of potential favors. You can pick one or you can do all of these. First of all, I'd love for you to give me a follow over on Instagram. Check out some of the motivational stuff that I'm doing over there. And if you think that you want to follow me and keep up with that, please do. Uh, it actually does help for something that I'm trying to do, something that I want access to. Uh, it's definitely going to help me out with that. And if you guys want to talk in real time or you want to tell me how you feel about the podcast or you want to suggest topics or people I can interview, hit me up in Twitter at Roberto Blake. You can find me in Twitter and Instagram at Roberto Blake. That'll be linked in the show notes. Also, if you could do me a huge favor, if you're an iTunes listener, giving the show ratings and reviews helps more people discover the show. And that means that we can help more people with their creative problems. We can educate and motivate them. So if you could go ahead and take the time to give this a rating, whatever you feel it deserves, and if you can write it a review and let us know how you feel about it, then that would be so amazing. That would be tremendous. And I would really appreciate it. Anyway, guys, this is Roberto Blake, and hopefully I've helped you create something awesome today. Take care.